Hello, and welcome once again to Good Shepherd in Gainesville, Georgia's limited edition Lenten podcast titled Encounter Jesus. This podcast takes us through the different parts of the divine service as we do in worship here at Good Shepherd and explains the importance of each part of that worship service and also how these different moments in our service apply to our lives. Today, we'll be talking about prayer. This podcast is meant to be devotional, and so each podcast will begin with an invocation, a brief prayer, a reading from scripture, some brief thoughts for devotion, and a couple questions for application. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we oftentimes are weak in our prayers. It's not that we don't desire to pray to you more, but we are overcome with distraction. So many things get in the way. There are so many demands placed upon us that we often feel that we'd be more productive doing other things, even more productive for you if we left prayer and did something that was on our list. Help us, Lord, then to see prayer how you see prayer. Help us to see that you are a father who eagerly desires to hear from your children. Pour out your Holy Spirit that we might be obedient to your command and your call for us to pray to you without ceasing. Amen. A reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. There's a long-running television show that is no longer on the air, but perhaps you might still be familiar with it. It's called Columbo. Columbo was a detective, a disheveled detective, who had floppy hair and a beat-up old coat that he War in every episode. Columbo would have a cigar hanging from his fingers that looks like he had been smoking it for an hour already. And he would always seem to appear out of nowhere. He would pull up onto the scene in his beaten down car, and inside of the car he would often have a pet, a dog. And the dog's name? Dog. That was the dog's name. The dog's name was Dog. And Columbo was a simple man. He never saw his home, never saw his wife, although he referred to her all the time, never saw the place where he worked, presumably the police station, 
So as the show was shot, you would always see Columbo just coming up out of nowhere. And this lowly man who appeared to be bumbling and kind of foolish would be solving crimes, not amongst those who were living in the gutter, those who were living in despair or poverty. No, he would be solving crimes amongst the wealthy, the elite, the rich, the highly intelligent. Columbo would be solving crimes in a setting that was kind of a glorified Hollywood. Columbo was famous for a catchphrase that he would use in just about every episode, I believe. I I can't confess to be a hardcore Columbo follower, but I do know that this was used nearly all the time. Columbo would be speaking with one of these rich, powerful, elite, highly intelligent folks, and he would just about be ready to finish the conversation, and he would start heading towards the door, and then he would stop, and he would turn around, and he would say this. Oh, um, just one more thing. Just one more thing. And then he would ask a question of that person, seemingly an innocent question, a question that would be all too easy for the highly intelligent, rich people to answer. But every time he did that, it would break open the entire case. This seemingly small, innocent, easy question would reveal a detail that was crucial to solving the murder. Just one more thing. It would kind of irritate the rich and the elite that here this bumbling detective wasn't quite ready to leave yet, although they were done with him. Just one more thing. Columbo, a detective, lowly and poor, was never afraid to ask. And that's prayer. We hear Paul tell us to pray without ceasing, and immediately we feel overwhelmed by that instruction. Pray without ceasing. How is that even possible? But before we get too far into that, maybe we should look at it a different way. Maybe we should look at prayer, how God looks at prayer. After all, it's Paul who's writing these words in the Holy Spirit. And so we have to take them seriously. So maybe looking at them in a different way will help us to understand. When we hear pray without ceasing, we're hearing that spoken from a God through Paul who desires to be in conversation with us constantly, who wants us to ask just one more thing, God. And instead of being irritated or frustrated, lowly and bumbling and sin-filled though we are, God the Father instead eagerly sets aside all of heaven and earth to listen to us, even when we have just one more thing to add. That one more thing is a very important thing to him. He's a God who eagerly wants us to pray without ceasing. He's never tired of the conversation. Another issue we might have with prayer that we don't always recognize is that our relationship with others will impact our prayer life. Our relationship with others will impact our prayer life. How are you in your relationships? Are you holding grudges? Are you filled with fear and shame when you're in front of certain people? Are there people who are angry with you? And have you noticed that maybe that's also how we sometimes tend to view God? Or, or maybe 
You're at peace with other people. Does prayer come a little bit more easily when you are at peace with other people? Paul writes a whole stack of instructions and commands. Each one of them could be a sermon. There's probably a hundred sermons that could be written over the material we just read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He instructs the church to respect pastors. He instructs pastors to be patient with the church. And then he gives commands for how people are to interact with one another, to be at peace with one another, to seek good um, for each other. And then commands for how to live before God. The church is to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. They're commanded to not quench the spirit or despise the word of God in prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain every form from every form of evil. Paul is talking about all these different relationships and giving instructions for every one of them in a manner that pushes it all really close together. And why does he do that? Well, if we're looking through the lens of prayer, we begin to understand that when we go to prayer out of love for others, we leave prayer with our love strengthened for others. When we go to prayer out of love for others, we leave prayer strengthened in our love for others. Likewise, if I'm, if I'm worried about being forgiven by other people, I might also worry about being forgiven by God. And so when I go to prayer and confession over my sins, I leave that prayer at peace with God and therefore more in peace in my relationships. Because after all, if God has forgiven me, then his word is the most important word. And if God has forgiven me, then perhaps others can too. There's a song by Sarah Groves, a Christian artist who talks about the nature of love. And most of the song is a little bit of a lament or regret. She talks about how there's always just one more thing to do before the important conversations happen and the important moments can happen with those that she loves. There's always one more errand to run, one more thing on the to-do list. She writes in her song about how it's a distracted and busy world that we live in that always seems to get in the way of the more important things. But at the end of her song, she talks about it like this, that love, whenever a person is called upon, whenever an important relationship is brought to the forefront, that in love, we always say to no matter what we're doing, that we have something more important to do, and that is to be near those who we love. She writes in her song that in the end, all we have is relationships, and that's prayer. The God of heaven and earth, the one who rules over all of creation, who sits on his throne, the lamb who is worthy of worship and praise, Jesus Christ, who is pure, holy, and all-powerful, sets aside everything to hear our little voice. He never tells us just one more thing, but in prayer, we know that we can always say to him, oh yeah, God, I forgot this. I've got something else to tell you. Just one more thing. And we know that he will graciously hear it. As we leave, there are a couple application questions for us today. First is, what is something you can do to increase 
your own prayers to improve your prayer life. Maybe it's setting aside a time each day, a devotion, starting off small with just a couple minutes in prayer and building up after that. Maybe it's practicing some rapid-fire prayers, just needs as you notice them throughout the day. Lord, help me. Please be with this person. Bring healing to that man or woman who I heard was sick. Just little sentences. Second question is this. Who specifically can you pray for that you haven't prayed for yet? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church worships Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. And we have just one more midweek service left during the season of Lent. Dinner will be served this Wednesday, April 10th at 5.45 p.m. Serving dinner will conclude at 6.30 p.m. And a worship service will follow in our fellowship hall. God's blessings to you, especially as we draw near to the cross and the resurrection of our Lord.